What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 151, where there's quite a bit of news to talk about in the football world. But before I get to that, I really want to talk about, quickly, Team USA against Portugal. In the last episode, I was telling you that Team USA was playing Portugal at 3 a.m. for a chance to go into the round of 16 for the World Cup, how the U.S. needed to either win this game or tie this game. But how was I was kind of expecting a win, in my opinion, and how the USA should win because they're quite a bit better, or at least ranked quite a bit higher than Team Portugal. With that being said, though, it ended up being a 0-0 draw, which is good enough for Team USA to get into the round of 16 for the World Cup. But this is a game that Team USA honestly should have lost because... Without the goalposts, and a lot of people say this, the goalposts is kind of the MVP of this game because Portugal had a really great scoring opportunity in about the 93rd minute extra time where the score should have absolutely scored, but goes off the goalposts, saves Team USA, and Team USA advances to play Sweden early this Sunday. This is going to be a huge game for Team USA against Sweden because Sweden's a top three team in the country. In the world rankings, Sweden has been playing extremely well. They dominated Vietnam. I believe they won 7 and nothing. I actually did see that the USA is 1-4 in their last five games against Sweden. So USA is going to have to right it wrong play much better because if they play like they did against Portugal, the USA, in my opinion, will have very little chance to win that game and they'll be headed home early, which would be a huge disappointment as the Team USA is the two-time defending World Cup champions, but the way they've been playing has been pretty poor. And it's caused a lot of controversy because you've had former players like Carly Lloyd speaking out on this team, especially the way they kind of reacted to Portugal because they were kind of joking. They were laughing after it. It seemed like they were having fun. And if Team USA would have lost that game, which like I said, they honestly should have, there's no joking. There's no laughing. That is, I don't want to say a disgrace, but that is a huge letdown for this Team USA team that has been absolutely dominating the world of soccer, especially women's soccer for the last eight plus years. And if you don't get out of the World Cup, especially the group stage, that is something that should be deemed as fireable and something that will be embarrassing for a lot of Team USA fans for the Women's World Cup. So definitely going to be interesting to watch. Might not be able to watch that game since it's going to be like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So we'll see what that result looks like. Would kind of be surprised if they win that game. I could be absolutely wrong, but there's going to have to be a lot better play from Team USA. And they're going to have to start scoring goals. Their defense, while it's been not great, especially the midfield, it's only allowed one goal all in the group stage. So it's been solid. Again, though, Sweden is a much better attacking team than any team they've played. So definitely going to have to watch out for that as well. But let's get into the main topic. And that is football because football is finally being played again. 
I want to talk a little bit about Eastern Michigan first, though, because there was a really cool thing that happened at Eastern Michigan a couple of days ago. Um, what ended up happening was Captain Brian Doley, he's an offensive lineman for Eastern Michigan, he ended up surprising his walk-on teammate, Zach Canty, with his scholarship. And there was a video from Chris Creighton, their head coach, talking about this. He's to contact the NCAA a couple of times and say, hey, you know what, I know there's only 85 scholarships. We've given 85 scholarships. Is there any chance we could get 86? Because there's always one player. He's like, I think this player really deserves this scholarship. And the NCAA has always said no for many different reasons. I don't think the NCAA would ever allow that. But Brian Dooley for Zach's last year at Eastern Michigan decided to give up his scholarship and give it to him. And this is just an absolutely incredible moment. This just shows you what sports can do for people, what teammates do for other people. And this is an absolutely selfless thing that Brian did because there was in the speech by Chris Creighton, he was saying that Zach Conti was at one point selling his plasma in order to pay for schooling, for room and board, in order to stay at Eastern Michigan. And this is an absolutely cool thing that Brian Dooley did. It's awesome to see. You love seeing these stories. You absolutely do. You've seen these videos from time to time of players being surprised with a scholarship, especially walk-ons that have been on that team for quite a while. And this is just another cool reason, an absolute awesome thing. And shout out to Brian Dooley for doing that, to give up his scholarship to allow Zach to be on scholarship for his last year. So really wanted to talk about that just because it's a really cool thing that he did. It is something that is done every once in a while and it's always awesome to see once it is done. So really want to talk about that as well. We got a couple other football topics to cover. One's going to be Michigan State because Michigan State was at least in the Twitter world, was kind of in the news as of recently. At least social media, you don't really see a whole ton of what I'm going to talk about specifically in the media. There was, of course, the release and video of the new locker room at Michigan State at the Tom Izzo football building. Awesome locker room. It is absolutely incredible. It is something that you could see that the players love. It is so awesome and this is just one of the first steps to finishing the Tom Izzo football building. Absolutely incredible. Players love it and they're finally getting a locker room near the football facility. That's not the reason why I want to talk about this. The reason why I want to talk about this is address a couple of things. And that is the whole idea that the building is named after Tom Izzo. Because there was a whole uproar by many of fans saying that this facility should never be named after Tom Izzo. It is weird that it's named after Tom Izzo because it's a football building. 
it is not something that's been done before in the state, which is not true. There's a whole thing going on in Michigan. There was one person that was saying, well, both of them were ADs, and one guy was an AD for like a year after it was built. I'm pretty sure you don't build a building for an AD that's been there for a year that had nothing to do with the sport. I don't really know where that's coming from, but it's honestly just kind of a dumb argument, in my opinion, because who gave the majority of the money? Matt Ishbia gave $70 million out of the 75, or sorry, $30 million out of the $75 million, and he wanted to be named after Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo made such an impact in his life that he believed that he should have a building, and if you give... 30 million of the 75 million if you give the majority of the money you should have the decision on who it's named after and instead of having the building named after himself he's having the building named after Tom Izzo which honestly he should probably have more because in my opinion I think a lot of Michigan State fans opinion Tom Izzo is bigger than just a football coach Tom Izzo Athletics-wise, is Michigan State. Now, we have seen Mark D'Antonio, Mel Tucker's the current head coach, but who's been there for basically almost four years? It's been Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo has been around the program. He loves the program. He's been at the program at the highest of highs. He's been at the program at the lowest of lows for football. And another thing is Tom Izzo absolutely loves football. Like, he loves Michigan State football. You've seen him at games. You've seen him in the student section. You've seen him even on, like, a rain delay or a lightning delay. There was one time where the students wouldn't leave, and he had to go out there and announce and say, hey, if you guys leave, I'll come join you in the student section when the game comes back on. And he absolutely does that. Tom Izzo loves Football. He loves the aggressive aspect of football. He loves supporting Mark D'Antonio when he was a coach. He loves supporting Mel Tucker. He loves going to Michigan State games. He's a Michigan State man. He's said this a billion times. And I don't really see the big deal of it. And honestly, why am I talking too much about it? I don't honestly know, but it's news. Stuff that had happened and something that I should honestly talk about because I think it's a building that should absolutely be named after him. He should get multiple buildings because of the impact he's had. And yeah, that's the way it is. Lastly, I want to talk about is the biggest news of the week. And that occurred earlier today in the news that Oregon and Washington will be joining the Big Ten as basically the Pac-12 completely disappears for the most part because Colorado's leaving, now Arizona's leaving, a couple other teams are leaving there as well. But let's talk about this movement, especially with this basically kind of the start of the mega conferences that's going to come. I th- I don't think the Pac-12 is going to survive this at all. There was rumors early on today that this whole kind of Oregon and Washington leaving was kind of falling apart a little bit. It seemed like the Pac-12 kind of tried a last-ditch effort to get a TV deal. That did not work. 
So then Oregon and Washington's like, okay, let's go to a Big Ten. I think this was expected. Not a lot of people were surprised by this. I think a lot of fans saw this coming. Now, with that being said, do I think this is a good thing? No. I absolutely don't. I don't think this is a good thing long term for college athletics, especially football, because I think the mega conferences is a really bad idea. I think it's going to hurt rivalries. I think it's going to hurt every single game because I think there's going to be a lot of games that's just going to be national teams against national teams. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, that's really good football, right? At the same time, though, you know those feeling of that huge game, like week eight, week nine, where like everything comes down to this? I don't think we're going to get that anymore because you're going to be having Michigan and Oregon playing one week and then Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State will always be a huge game, right? Probably always be the last game. But at the same time, the one or two huge games with these mega conferences, it's going to be nationally ranked teams every single week playing each other. And I know some people might like, well, that's not a bad thing. But at the same time, what's going to happen to these other teams? It's going to be basically the Big Ten versus the SEC at one point. That's all it's going to be. And it's going to ruin rivalries. They even said, they came out with schedules for the next couple of years. And they said, well, because of Oregon and Washington moving, they're going to have to completely restart that. They're going to have to completely restart the protected rivalries. The good thing is this means that Iowa would probably not keep like their six, seven protected rivalries, which I don't think and understand why they ever got that many. I do think the key protected rivalries will be kept. I think like Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. I think those will be kept. I think you'll see a rivalry with Oregon, Washington, of course, USC, UCLA. But with these moves, you're starting to see a dramatic shift in college athletics, especially college football, because you're going to get to a point where bowl games aren't going to matter or bowl games aren't going to exist. And that's not good. We're starting to kind of trend away from that anyways because of the expansion of the college football playoff, which I think is a good thing. You're getting more teams involved, but it's only a good thing if you include those games being at home. Like the higher seed, the better seed, they have the home game. It's at their home campus. I think that's a great idea. But these mega conferences overall, I think it's going to hurt football. I think it's going to be something that's going to go on for a while. And then I think it might get to a point where people aren't going to like it. You can already see people aren't happy about it. Fans aren't happy. Like you have some fans that are like, wow, this is a really cool thing. But then you also have Oregon. For example, Oregon to Rutgers. That flight is about as far of a flight from, I believe I saw like to New York to Paris. I believe I saw. I don't know how exactly true that is. But that's a really long flight. The whole idea of 
late night Pac-12 games, well, that's out the window. It's probably going to be Big 12 games late night, which, again, is a different change. Also a different change. Is it going to be the Big 10 anymore? Is it going to be the Big 18? What's going to happen there? Overall, though, I think this is something that was going to happen. I don't think this was avoidable. I just don't think this is trending in the right direction. Because I think this is trending into the direction where TV is trying to make more money. And you might say, well, that isn't a bad thing. Well, here's my issue with that. Because, in my opinion, the game itself isn't a bad thing. Like, a lot of people complain about how long it is. And that's why they're making the changes. Especially the two-minute where it doesn't stop. But if you think about it, what is the issue, right? I don't think the time length is an issue because of a clock stopping in two minutes. You know why I think the time length is? I think the time length is because of the TV. Because of how many commercials they're having. This They're making this move to make even more money for these TV brands. And you're going to start to see NBC, you're going to start to see all these streaming services starting to pick up these games. And this is going to make it even more difficult for fans to watch games that are not in attendance. Now, if you are in attendance, that doesn't affect you. But at the same time, for about half your games, guess what? You're going to have to watch on TV unless you travel with the team, unless you go to the game itself. Unless you know someone there. This is going to change how college football is going to be played, how it's going to be week to week. And as of right now, I don't think this is a good direction. It's a direction that people knew it was going to come. I don't think it's a good direction. If it works out, great. I'm interested to see what happens once this comes true, once this becomes a thing. Maybe I will be completely wrong at that time. Maybe a lot of people will be completely wrong. But I just don't think this is a great direction for college football, especially the Big Ten. Because getting rid of a conference like the Pac-12, getting these mega conferences, maybe the Big 12 will become one as well. I just disagree with it. I don't think it's right. But yeah, one last thing. It was announced that Division Two. For the GLIAC will be one of three conferences that will start to have reveal every single game. So that could be interesting as well. So tune into that as well. They have instant reveal, which could possibly impact things in the future. Would be interested to see if that continues to trickle down to Division 3 throughout time as well. Because reveal was never really a thing in Division 2 until the last couple of years. One last thing I do want to talk about. I know I said one last thing. There was NFL football on last night. For the first time in a long time, you had the Hall of Fame game between the Browns and the Jets, where the Browns end up winning 21-16. I'm so glad football is back on, but you also had the lights go out in the middle of this game. It's also a game where these teams have to start their preseason Early, it's a game that, while it's football again and preseason isn't maybe the most entertaining thing in the world, it's not the best quality. And I'm super happy that football is back, has me excited, but honestly, 
it wasn't a great game. Lots of errors. I know it's preseason. Wasn't a great product either. Now, they did talk about the Lions-Chiefs game for week one on Thursday Night Football, which is probably going to be one of the most exciting games I'm going to be ready for. But, yeah, kind of interesting how they had that game, especially to honor all the people going to the Hall of Fame. You would think that they'd get that thing right. But, yeah, there's football on. Football is getting closer. You have football camps starting around all the country in college. High school football is starting up soon as well. Football is almost here, which means that finally get to talk a little bit more about football and not talk about the Tigers as much. Definitely we'll talk a little bit about the Tigers. I know last episode I talked about the trade deadline. I wasn't necessarily in love for, with that as well. But yeah, that's really it for episode number 151. Next episode that is going to be released is, of course, another interview. It's a great interview with a two-sport athlete, so definitely tune in to that. But yeah, that is really it. Huge news about Washington and Oregon joining the Big Ten. You have that cool news about Eastern Michigan with their scholarship. You have Team USA playing Sweden this Sunday. So yeah, that is a wrap to episode number 151. Continue to support the podcast. I would really appreciate it. Follow follow the pages on Instagram and Twitter. Let people know that you know about this podcast. Continue to spread the news about it. So would really appreciate that. Thanks and tune into episode 152.